Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We got week 15 in the books, week 16 coming up playoff implications left and right a ton of games to recap this past weekend close games snow games comebacks laterals dominic what a crazy weekend of football i think literally william i saw one nfl play that i think we'll never see again attempted in the nfl in that raiders versus patriots game my mouth was shell-shocked I probably think yours was as well. Let's get this show started because I can't wait to talk about that game. But how about your trip? You went up to Buffalo in enemy territory, the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. How was your experience? Oh, my Dominic, it was incredible. It was really a once in a lifetime experience. I've been super blessed. It's actually been uh, my fourth regular season game I've been to. Um, all Miami Dolphins, of course. What, like, just if you're taking away everything, the, the, the we had really good seats and the snow, just the game itself was an incredible game. Back and forth. Uh, looked like Buffalo had it. They were up by eight at halftime. Miami came storming back. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, Buffalo, unfortunately for my Miami Dolphins. Uh, they weren't able to seal the deal. They were up by eight in the fourth. Buffalo scores, gets a two-point convert, which was crazy. Josh Allen jumping over, and then they get the game-winning field goal. My experience was incredible. Uh, I recommend anyone who's considering going to an NFL game to go. Uh, definitely was tough being in NFL territory, not going to lie. I had my Tua jersey on. Definitely getting heckled, uh, but um, it was so, so worth it. Actually, quite a few Dolphins fans, too. I was super impressed. Spoke with them pregame. And, oh, man, I'm telling you, Dominic, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It was snowing in the fourth quarter. It was like a movie. The game was back and forth. There was snowballs being thrown. The game was paused. The fans were going bananas for both teams. Uh, and like I said, Dominic, just a, a back-and-forth game. And I was actually lucky enough to go uh, pregame and, and get super, super close to the players. I was by the Dolphins' uh, sideline where they were warming up. So it was literally like 20 feet away from Tua, Tyreek Hill, uh, Waddle, my favorite players. And it was, oh man, it was incredible. I was like a kid on Christmas morning and definitely, definitely recommend anyone who's considering to go to a game. Definitely go. Uh, Tough my Dolphins lost. That would have been the only, only thing that would have made it an even better trip. Uh, really incredible game, though. Uh, congrats on the Bills to, to win that one. It was uh, definitely a great game. High scoring. Um, and uh, even though it was a snow game, both offenses seemed to be rolling. But, uh, yeah, an incredible experience and definitely a trip I'll, uh, I'll remember uh, for the rest of my life, Dom. Yeah, awesome. Those NFL games in that stadium, that many people, always outstanding just to feel the energy. So, yeah. Unbelievable. But tell me, William. So I'm looking yeah. at the stats here. You know, the Bills take it 32 to 29. What did Miami do wrong to lose the game? I'm happy you asked. And you know what? This is what I'll say. And I'll say it's Miami's challenge against good teams is they're just, they seem to be unclutched. There was a few plays that I remember during the game. One of them, it's third and 17. Josh Allen escapes the sack. He gets a first down, a 20-plus yard gain to Gabe Davis. Miami has a chance to force Buffalo to go three and out to punt the ball. They don't do it. Then Miami gets a strip sack. They fumble the ball. The Bills do. Miami has a chance to put the game away, Dominic, uh, to get a touchdown. They were up 26-21 at this point. A touchdown basically seals it. They settle for a long field goal. And in situations like that where Miami needs, when they have a team against the ropes, they need to find a put 
put to put the team away. And especially when it comes to good teams against poor teams, they seem to be good. They seem to roll past these teams, but it's especially when they have a team like Buffalo against the ropes, uh, the Kansas city chiefs a few years ago when they had, they were winning that game, the Miami dolphins were it's when they have an opportunity to step on the other, the other team's throat is they just don't take it. And they let the other team stay in the game. And against a team like Buffalo, you know, when it's an eight point game in the fourth quarter and Josh on has the ball, chances are they're going to score and get those two points. So it was, just the Buffalo Bills made more clutch plays when it counted. And at the end of the day, it was it, it was as simple as that, Dominic. They made plays when they needed to, while the Dolphins, unfortunately, were unable to uh, when it mattered the most. So, William, so I see the final score, 32-29. Are you more worried of Tua's play, or do you think Miami's defense is the issue? Because Tua went 17 for 30. I know Buffalo has a, a very good defense. Mm-hmm. And you didn't throw any interception, but as a Dolphins fan, what's the bigger glaring issue? Miami's defense or a two-us play? You know, I didn't think I'd be saying this preseason, but for me, it, it's got to be the defense. I think the defense does a very good job, but similarly to what I talked about of being unclutched, Dominic, they just don't seem to be able to get off the field uh, in super important key situations. Like you look at the game against Buffalo, um, Miami look didn't do its job on offense to put the game away, but it's 29-29. And I just had the feeling when Josh Allen got the ball back that they were going to march and get a field goal, and they did. Uh, they let them sco- um, get complete uh, uh, third down conversion on a pass interference where the cornerback didn't seem to be in great position. And ultimately, that's what led to the Bills' victory. So while I'll say I'm not a, a thousand percent sold on uh, Tua leading this team to the Super Bowl on the offense, uh, I am impressed with the offense, Dominic. And I was impressed with how they played in this game, too. And uh, like I said, there was a drop touchdown in this game and that you can't put on Tua. But I think for me, it's just more the defense and the the injury concerns they've had. Byron Jones hasn't played all year. Um, and Brandon Jones has been gone for the year, too. They've had uh, injuries on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I see more the defense uh, that I'm a little bit worried about if uh, if they plan on making a deep playoff run. Yeah, I see both these teams making the playoffs, obviously, specifically Buffalo at 11-3. and three. I think Miami squeaks in, but I told you, William, I think Miami's going to pretty much make it as the last playoff team, I think, I think that uh, this team is going to struggle down the stretch because everybody wants to make the playoffs. But I think having a uh, Terry kill on your team is is definitely uh, a weapon. And that guy should put you over the top uh, for Buffalo. Congratulations. Josh Allen does what he's doing uh, constantly, which is running with the football and obviously throwing, but running with the football, 77 yards. This is going to be, even though I don't like it, this is going to be the key for, for Buffalo's victories. Every time this guy runs over 50 yards, Buffalo seems to win the football game. So whether or not he can withstand the hits, I saw Jalen Hurts take a big hit. As a matter of fact, Jalen Hurts might not play this week. I just think that, you know, guys eventually, you know, you're going to take one of those hits at the wrong time. And it's definitely going to catch up and and bite you. And for right now, Buffalo fans, hey, you know, it hasn't bitten you yet. And you could potentially win the Super Bowl. But that's the glaring issue in Buffalo. And for Miami, I'm just not worried about Miami, even though Miami's defense is not the greatest. It's that that offense is just so strong and and so fast that they're able to score points. They put 29 on a good Buffalo Bills team. So I expect Miami to be strong and hopefully for them make the playoffs through Tyreek Hill and their friends. So something to watch out for is those Dolphins. And let's hope they do some damage for you in the playoffs. Appreciate that, Dominic. I'm with you on that one. Big last two games of the season against the Jets and Pats, who they're battling for the last spot. If they win those two games, uh, they're good to go. So, yeah, like you said, got to watch out for the Dolphins. 
Yeah, let's talk about another game. What do you think about uh, that big, big game that happened on Thursday night football between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks? This was a playoff game. This was the Christian McCaffrey show. He basically was the entire offense for the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy. 17 for 26, two touchdowns. I asked you last week whether or not this guy was the next Tom Brady. And I honestly said that as a joke. And obviously, we all know that, you know, there's only one Tom Brady. But I'm impressed with Brock Purdy. You know, yeah. a seventh round pick, the last guy to be drafted. These guys usually are, are gone and they don't even make the football team. But San Francisco having so many injuries at the quarterback position. And, you know, it really is Shanahan's team. This guy is a good coach. I got to give credit to what credit's to. You know, he keeps on bringing San Francisco far in the playoffs with no quarterback. Man, something tells me that Brock Purdy might make it to the NFC Championship and meet those Philadelphia Eagles. And having that defensive line playing against that offensive line will be pretty much the storyline, in my opinion, if it ever gets to that point. Because this, to me, was... San Francisco's game against the Seattle Seahawks, where they proved to me clearly winning the division, clearly stamping their ticket to the playoffs against a very good coach in Pete Carroll. I thought that Pete Carroll was going to be able to put a game, it's kind of like a scheme together to minimize San Francisco's ability to, to score points in this game, but they still managed to get 21. And I got to give it to Brock Purdy if it wasn't for him. Obviously, you, you got to find Christian McCaffrey and you got to find him throwing him the ball always as an escape kind of like mechanism because there's not a lot of offensive weapons in, in San Francisco, specifically when Debo Samuels is gone. Christian yeah. McCaffrey was the safety blanket for Brock Purdy, and that's all he needed. He just needed one player. And if you just need one player because McCaffrey's that good, that defensive front in San Francisco is just that deadly. So yeah. hats off to, to San Francisco winning a huge game and, they got me believing in Brock Purdy, William. What do you think? Yeah, Dom, I think like you, a lot of good points there. I was going to talk about more of the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers and, and how they're able to, to limit guys like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Lockett, 68 receiving yards, no touchdowns. DK Metcalf, 55 receiving yards, no touchdowns. And we know how, how Geno Smith uh, has been playing this year quite good. Statistically, not a bad game, 31 to 44, 238 yards, but only one passing touchdown in this one uh, and, uh, and being sacked three times. It was really that 49ers defense that had a, a really good game limiting the, the the Seahawks to 13 points at home. But yes, Dominic, Brock Purdy, and look, I don't like this analysis. I've never liked, oh, you have a good enough team where your quarterback can go out there. As long as he doesn't make a mistake, you'll win the game. But that's kind of how it is with these 49ers uh, and Brock Purdy. And he's been playing smart football. Um, I think there's a, a few times in the game where you saw a little bit of his inexperience um, with a few throws. But other than that, Dominic, he looks calm in the pocket. He throws a nice football. He makes, he makes the right read. He doesn't force it. Um, and like you said, he's able to throw to his check down when needed. McCaffrey, six catches in this game for 30 yards. Uh, his touchdown to... Um, uh, to a great Kittle was an, uh, well, one of his touchdowns was, uh, was a nice one kind of floated over a defender. Kittle was fairly open, but I just like the touch he put on the ball. didn't rush it. Didn't panic. Saw he was open, uh, floated it super calm in the pocket as if, you know, he was another day in the park for him. And yeah, it, it just doesn't look like Brock Purdy was a seventh, uh, round pick and the last pick in the draft. And that he's a rookie. He just seems to kind of be a guy that's, you know, been there, done that, um, 
And yeah, Dominic, like this 49ers team, I've always said they're the most interesting team in football, just with the way they're able to rebound from these injuries. Uh, the fact that they don't really have a great quarterback, but still find these ways to win games. And like, look, if you're Seattle, Dominic, you're kicking yourselves because this is a game where Debo Samuel, the heart and soul of this uh, 49ers team, is not playing. You're at home. Uh, if you're Seattle, you need to kind of win this game to stay alive in the playoff race. They're not dead yet, but this would have been a big one. And look, don't get me wrong, the 49ers are a great team, but this is, you know, a game if you're Seattle, you want to make the playoffs, you've got to win games like this, but at the end of the day, San Fran was just too much, and it was that defense limiting the, the Seahawks offense throughout the, the course of the game. Absolutely. I think uh, Seattle, for all the hype that Geno Smith had early on, it's starting to fade either because people are, are catching up to Geno Smith, defensive coordinators are able to scheme better against him. He's basically the key to get Seattle in the playoffs. And as we speak today, I, I didn't think I was going to say this, but I don't think Seattle's going to make it. I think no. a lot of teams are just dying to make the playoffs. And uh, Seattle doesn't seem that hungry. At least Geno Smith is not playing to the level that we saw him play in the beginning of the season. Probably a, a lot of different reasons for that. They do have two rookie offensive linemen. And obviously, as you get closer to the playoffs, the level of competition gets harder and rougher and so i i still believe in those offensive linemen as as rookies i think that seattle really hit a home run there but i don't know if they're gonna sneak in but for brock purdy just to finish off really quick with him this is the analogy that i'm gonna give to you he's yeah. gonna be an in-between of a ben roethlisberger and a mark sanchez both these okay. quarterbacks were rookies both these quarterbacks were in the afc championship game as a rookie I see Brock Purdy fitting somewhere in between. So Sanchez ended up being a terrible quarterback, you know, the butt fumble and all. Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame <laughs> career. Brock Purdy will be somewhere in the middle. But I do think that when you have such a strong defense, even a guy like a Brock Purdy, who is a seventh round pick, could take you to at least the NFC championship game. And we'll see what happens after that. Hey, Dominic, as the old saying goes, defense wins championships. So never write out the San Francisco 49ers, uh, no matter who they have throwing for them. So, Don, we talked a little bit about the NFC, about those Seattle Seahawks and their tough loss to the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. Right now, they are on the outside looking in. Uh, currently, with the last playoff spot in the NFC is the Washington Commanders, uh, who lost a big game to the New York Giants this week on Sunday Night Football. Um they had identical 7-5-1 records. Giants with a big, big win. Uh, Washington with a big loss. So the Commanders sit in 7-6-1. They have this, the final playoff spot right now. Then you have Seattle at 7-7. Seven and seven. The Lions at 7-7. Seven and seven. And if you want to throw the Packers in there at 6-8, and eight, uh, who won on Monday Night Football, I guess we can. But let's say if we take those three teams, or take uh, like all of them, I guess, including Green Bay, if you want, Dominic. I want to know who you think is going to grab the final spot because you got Washington. Their last three games are against the 49ers, the Browns, and then the Cowboys. Then you got the Lions that are on a roll. They play against Carolina. Then they got Chicago and Green Bay. And then Seattle right now plays Kansas City, then the New York Jets, and the Los Angeles Rams. So I want to ask you, Dom, I have my answer, but who do you think will grab that final spot in the NFC? Well, when I did this, these predictions a couple of weeks ago, I had the Giants and the Seahawks actually finishing uh, somewhere between six and seven and the Buccaneers winning their division and yeah. uh, Washington would not make the playoffs along with the Lions would not make it the Packers, but man, those Lions, man, they are 
feeling it. And I love a team that comes out of nowhere and is just playing unbelievable football. This team will not say die. And with an offense that's just materializing before our eyes, I would love to see the Lions make the playoffs. I think it would be great for football. I think that Aaron Rodgers, we've seen him before. It seems like if the Packers make it, they might be a one-and-done team. So there's not really a lot of excitement there. I mean, the Geno Smith story, we just talked about it. It would be very nice as well. But again, that team is rebuilding. And I think that Washington, at the end of the day, you know, they lost two huge games or they tied a game against the Giants and then they lost a game against the Giants. We'll talk about that game because there's a lot of controversy as well uh, at the end of that game. But I'm going to go as a fan, the Lions, but I still think the Seahawks somehow make it and the Giants somehow make it. Okay. Okay. So you're so you'd say Giants get the six and the Seahawks grab the seventh and final yeah, spot. I'll stick with that. I think Pete Carroll is a great coach, but boy, I would love to see the Lions make it. Dominic, you had me fooled there. I thought you were going to take the Lions there. I like your take, and I'm going to go as a fan and as a as an NFL analyst. I guess I'll I'll take the luxury of calling myself that. I'm going to go with those Lions, Dominic. They. Uh, not only are they on a roll, uh, they've won three games in a row, uh, six of their last seven. But interesting, if you even if you look at their schedule, Dominic, right? They play Carolina this upcoming weekend, a game they should be favored in. Who knows? It's still a possible of a game, but I, I'm gonna take them in that one. Then they play at the Chicago Bears, right? The Bears aren't in the playoff spot at that point. They're playing spo- spoiler. I see them winning that game as well. Then they have the Packers to end the season. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions drop that game. So that's possible. You look at Washington, Donald. They play the 49ers and the Cowboys, two tough games. You look at Seattle. They play Kansas City and the Jets who are playing for their playoff lives. So not just to jump onto the bandwagon and 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 uh, you know be root for those Lions. If I was a betting man, I'd have to say I do think it'll be the Detroit Lions that grab that final playoff spot. Whoever would have thought uh, after their terrible, terrible start to the season, um, after starting, I believe it was one and six uh, were the Lions. It would be a crazy story, Dominic, Dan Campbell, and everything and all. But uh, I'm not just saying it because it'd be a cool story. I. I I honestly do think it will be the Lions uh, grabbing that uh, grabbing that last spot. Obviously, big games. If uh, if they win out, I'm I believe they well no they don't clinch depending what happens. But if they win out, Dominic, they'll be in the playoffs, and I think they have a chance to win out. It's possible. I won't put it past them. I think that they have a good offensive line, and when you have a good offensive line, trust me, the NFL is hard enough how it is with so much parity. But that offensive line really puts you over the top, and Detroit definitely has one. So keep an eye on that. I want to talk really quick before we start diving into a lot of other games. Yeah. We're going to dive into one right now. But we're since we're on the topic of playoffs, could the Buccaneers miss the playoffs? Could you honestly think that the Buccaneers and somehow a horrible, I would say horrible, they're all good football teams. Don't get me wrong. You're in the NFL. You usually are a decent football team. Oh, no, Dominic. They're, they're awful. <laughs> they're awful. They're awful, eh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You could say that. I don't think they're awful. I think that uh, <laughs> they're a good football team. I, I think that they're, speaking of offensive line, they just don't have one. I think that's the problem right now in Tampa Bay. But I'm still thinking that Tampa Bay, We I said that they're going to be having the worst challenge out of all NFL teams to make it. And they would literally have to crawl their way in. Something tells me they're still going to go backwards. Something tells me teams like the Saints and teams like Carolina are going to be, and Atlanta, might as well throw them in, 
everyone's yeah. got a chance in that division. Literally, as long as Tampa yeah. Bay keeps on losing, and I guarantee you the money will be on Tampa Bay to win and not lose. So they have it coming from all directions. I still think they sneak in. I can't see a world where Tom Brady does not make his, you know, he doesn't make the playoffs and then he retires. That'd be as bad as Dan Marino losing, I think, 50 to oh, nothing, or whatever it was in his last football game. So, man, we'll see what happens. But I'm keeping an eye on that. I really do believe that Tampa Bay needs to show everybody that uh, they're a better football team than they currently are because nothing's working offensively in no. Tampa Bay. Yeah, you you said it. You said it very well, Domin. Like I, I'd say, it's becoming more of a possibility they miss the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs. If you look at the NFC South, it's actually crazy. You got Tampa Bay at six and eight, and everybody else—the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons—at five and nine. Tampa Bay plays the two of those three teams to end the season. Uh, so, look, if they drop those two games, both of them, chances are they won't make the playoffs. Uh, but I think that Tampa Bay uh, playing Arizona this weekend should get the W uh, with everything that's going on there. So I think Tampa will make the playoffs. But who would have thought that if you told me that the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons were at 5-9 and nine this point in the season and you're asking me if the Bucs said by Tom Brady would make the playoffs at that point, I would have been mind-boggled. It's possible. It's possible. I do think they'll sneak in, but at this point, I I see them being one and done. I can't see them, you know, going for an, uh, making an upset in in the first round. Maybe I'll be wrong. Look, they're saving graces. They'll have a home game right if they win the division. Um, and uh, and you know the the Bucks fans uh, over the last few seasons, obviously with Brady, have been um have been very very good, loyal, and everything. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, last question on that one, yeah. really, really quick. If ever a horrible team. I don't know, like Carolina. Let's just say they make the playoffs with a horrible record and they actually start, they win their first game. Would the NFL look into changing the rules as to how playoff seedings are done? Because listen, why are we playing the games during the season if a team's going to host? Uh, I don't know. I would have to see what the records would be at the very end, but let's just say three games over 500 and you're playing on the road against a horrible team who happens to feed off the crowd and eliminates you because, I don't know, home field advantage. Hell, they give an extra three points just to be at home. The odd makers do. So would you look into it or would you just let it the way it is, which is the current seeding? Every divisional winner gets, you know, a spot in the playoffs, obviously. And then the best ones get their, their home field advantage for sure. So would you change that, William? That's a great point, Dominic. Uh, yes, I definitely think they will look into it if that happens. I think regardless, I think at the end of the day, a, a poor team is going to win this division. A team that realistically doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs will be in the playoffs, no matter if they end up making a run, winning the Super Bowl, losing in the first round. I do think the NFL will look into it. It's similar, right, to the, when the Seattle Seahawks, I believe, is the upset the the Saints on Marshall Lynch's run. Like they had a losing record and they won the division. Um, and you know that was a year where people felt Seahawks shouldn't have made the playoffs. And it sucks for like the AFC, for example. You got teams that are ten and seven that don't miss the playoffs, and the Bucks could make it uh, with the losing record so i think no matter what happens they will look into it i'm just trying to think like it's it's so this divisions are the division games are so important and so historical that it's, it would be tough to change just because of how the importance we put on the divisional matchups and i wouldn't want to lose that so i'm not sure they would change dominic but i can guarantee you they will definitely look into it um before the, the end of the season dominic because this is a few times it's been happening now 
Yeah, I think they would look into it big time. I think there would be a lot of pressure by fans not accepting their teams losing to, again, a team like Carolina, who out of nowhere, their defense show up at home, have an amazing game, and then they beat a team who was like three games over 500. It's obviously possible, and it clearly could happen. We'll just have to wait and see on that. Yeah, totally, Dominic. Uh, I'm with you on that one. We talked about playoff races, Dominic. Teams battling for a spot. One team that was battling for their playoff lives was the New England Patriots and unfortunately did themselves no favors, Dominic. I'm going to pass this one to you because I know that you started off the show saying it was uh, one of the strangest plays maybe not you'll ever see. The only thing I'll say is that at this point, so I had a crazy fun weekend. I was at the Raptors game when this happened, watching the Raptors-Warriors, and I was checking out my phone, obviously as a Dolphins fan, hoping the Patriots would lose because it'd be better for us, blah, blah, blah. And then I see, wow, last play of the game, uh, a fumble. Uh, Raiders returned. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, what happened? And then I saw the replay, and I was like, Lord have mercy. There's no way that's how the game ended. And uh, yeah, so I just get to pass it to you as a Dolphins fan. I'm not shedding any tears, but I just think like that's something you see in a movie, Dominic. But I want to get uh, get your take on that crazy finish in Las Vegas. Yeah, for all you fans out there, I was mad earlier saying that it was the worst play I've ever seen. There's been a lot of horrible plays, but this is up there, folks. This is up there. I understand Jacoby Myers' thoughts here. You know, he's like, let's try to be, you know, bold and let's try to make a play and and let's try not to go in overtime, right? You're playing against a desperate Raiders team and he's just trying to make a play. But dude, it's not like you're down. The game's going to be tied. If you're down, sure, but you're not down, dude. You're not down. Why are you throwing (laughs) to your quarterback? And the quarterback's the last guy. What is he? Who is he going to lateral to after? What is is he supposed to juke around uh, this behemoth? uh, Who was it in front of him? It was Chandler Jones. He's supposed to just somehow make his way around Chandler Jones like he just doesn't exist? No. Chandler Jones obviously sees it coming, makes a beautiful interception. Got to give that play to him. And then the stiff arm to say, good night, Mac Jones. That play could stick with Mac Jones because I'm sure that his sorrow, well, I know it's not his responsibility, but no one likes to be the guy, the last guy, not to be able to make the play. And all he had to do is do a shoestring tackle, kind of like what Roethlisberger did way back when, when they beat those Indianapolis Colts in an old playoff game. Roethlisberger had done this shoestring tackle to save the game for those Steelers. Same situation here. However, completely different type of turnover. It's an interception, and Chandler Jones destroys Mac Jones with a <laughs> stiff arm on his way all the way down. Now there is controversy on whether or not uh, the play should have stand and whatnot. I don't know if you looked into it too much, but uh, to me, the play looked okay. And and yeah, somebody's foot might've been out of, out of bounds here and there, but regardless, I thought that the play was awesome. What a great way to finish a football game. I had never seen anything like it. And again, are the Raiders, even though they lost last week, and I think that was a killer. Could the Raiders somehow again, galvanize that confidence saying we're going to make it somehow. I don't know how, but we're going to make it. And the team that I'm kind of worried about is those chargers. What do you think, William? Can the Raiders, first of all, let's, let's first of all, what are your thoughts on the, on the play? Did you think it was crazy? And then second of all, what are the chances of the Raiders making the playoffs now? A lot to dissect Dominic there. First thing, Look, it's tough to blame this game. Obviously, you see the game. You see, Jacoby Myers lost this game for the Patriots. It was more than one play. Right? I mean, obviously, that one play was the deciding factor. 
my first question was, why didn't they try a Hail Mary? Why didn't the Patriots, they had to bought their own 45-yard line. I get it. It'd be a, a long throw. But throw a Hail Mary, hope for a pass interference, and then you're in field goal range. Like, I was just surprised that, like, we've – it's so, so rare we see these lateral plays actually work. The last one to me, I mean, maybe I'm biased, is the miracle in Miami when Miami did it against the Patriots. But why not just, you know, step back and, you know, launch it, see what happens, either get a pass interference, maybe the guy catches the ball, and, like, at that point, okay, you can maybe lateral then. But it's like, do you really think that you're going to lateral? All this, look, hindsight's twenty twenty. I get it. Um, I feel for Myers on this play. Uh, I think that it was, you know, it was a really good run by Stevenson. He juked by a few guys and he did everything he could on that play. And then, you know, obviously uh, laddering it to Myers and, and then Myers doing, you know, the unthinkable there and, and throwing it back when there's only Raiders jerseys. Uh, and, you know, Mac Jones, like, look, <laughs> I know I'm critical here, but if you're Mac Jones, I, I know you're a quarterback. Right. And I know you, you, you have this massive guy in front of you and you're not used to making tackles, but grab grab his face mask you know like you're the last guy you need to make a tackle you know do your best to make the tackle i get it like you're, you're you you want to save you don't want to get injured you're the quarterback you're potentially the, the future of the franchise but make a little bit more of an effort to make that tackle no i mean your playoff lives are on the line i get it look who am i to say i've never tried to tackle anyone that size before but grab his face mask do something take a penalty don't let him just steamroll you like i know obviously he would have probably got steamrolled anyways dominic but i just think mac jones could have made more of an effort on that play is that is that too harsh to say am i being too critical no, you're not. I think that your analogy of grabbing the face mask actually makes a lot of sense. At least uh, they're going to be forced to, to attempt a field goal, right? Right, so, exactly. So and if you think you're going to get destroyed like he clearly did, uh, then you got to do something. And uh, yeah, I, I think that Mac Jones, the whole story about Mac Jones, we talked about it. This He's on the wrong football team. And I don't even know if he's a good quarterback to begin with. And you wouldn't have seen Billy Zappi during the season if Mac Jones was the answer in New England. So I just think that, you know, this is another unfortunate, you know, bad taste for New England fans when it comes to Mac Jones. I don't think they're going to like this. And I think that if they don't make the playoffs, clearly they're going to remember this play. And then do they want to be associated as fans with that, with Mac Jones as being their franchise quarterback with a play like that? And I know, again, we're throwing Mac Jones under the bus here, but this could have definitely ripple effects for Mac Jones' career, and he might not be the quarterback of the future for the New England Patriots. Yeah, he might not be, Dominic. And look, he had the the season last year where for quite a bit of the year, he was in contention for Rookie of the Year. Uh, yeah, this, this, this Patriots offense, I, I think that, you know, we said it during the year, and I think that let's the best way to describe they don't really have that identity they don't really have that wide receiver run sorry wide receiver one and i'm not a huge fan there in mac jones look at his like his stats uh in this game having a tough game 13 of 31 112 yards like that's not gonna win you any football game so like if you're the patriots you have a chance right you're playing the, the dolphins there if you're able to win that game late in the season but to go back to your question on the raiders dominic unfortunately i think it's too little too late they're six and eight right now they blew just way too many games so at the course of the season that they should have won um and they're two games out of a playoff spot now you have three teams ahead of them that are out of the playoffs uh, you have the jags that have the same record as them and the jags if dominic believe it or not if the jaguars win out they are in a playoff spot uh which is crazy to think about uh, maybe we could talk about that game soon but unfortunately dom i think I think it is uh, too little, too late for the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. As cool as the story as it would be, I just can't see it happening.
No, I understand. I just, there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of weirdness happening with that franchise as we speak. You know, Crocodile Tears, we talked about him <laughs> throughout the past few weeks and somehow, miraculously, he's still alive at six and eight. They're, they're number 11th in the rankings right now. The Patriots, the Jets, and Jags are all obviously ahead of them. So they would have to leapfrog not only those, but then boot out either the Chargers or the Dolphins. I, I'm eyeing the Chargers just because last year they had that bad luck. Maybe they get more bad luck to finish the uh, the year. That Obviously, history tends to repeat itself. So that could happen. And then the Dolphins, I'm telling you, man, they're going to struggle down the stretch. So that's the reason why I'm asking. I think that uh, there's a big chance... When we're going to be talking playoff football, that there's going to be some shockers. I feel it, William. I feel some shockers coming. And I don't know if it's going to be both the AFC and the NFC, but someone, some team in the NFL is going to make the playoffs that no one will see coming. It's been that type of year, Dominic. I wouldn't put it past any team to do that in the NFL this year. Uh, Let's continue with the recaps, Dominic. Quite a few of them to recap. Oh, man, there's the crazy... I'll I'll let you, Dominic. I I think we could either go with the Minnesota Vikings crazy comeback or the Jacksonville Jaguars crazy comeback. Yeah, both were crazy comebacks. Let's just do them both. Let's start off with Minnesota against Indianapolis. What the fudge, boys? Like, this is insane. I've never seen a team just horrendously coach maybe we talked about Kyle Shanahan as being a good football coach yeah he was but he definitely wasn't a good football coach when the frigging Falcons lost to the Patriots in that Super Bowl that was a a debacle that I've probably will never see in a Super Bowl but this is the biggest debacle in a season during the season I should say that I've ever seen in in a football game Indianapolis just finds a way under an inexperienced football coach. And that's who I'm going to throw underneath the bus. You got Jeff Saturday out there. That's why he's not a frigging football coach. You're supposed to close the deal. You don't let a team score 39 frigging points in a miraculous comeback and make them look like it was the easiest frigging comeback in the NFL history. So I'm blaming this all on Jeff Saturday. If he's a football coach next year for any football teams, I will be left speechless. I, w- I shouldn't be a host of any NFL talk show at all because <laughs> that would be bonkers to me. He will not be a football coach next year. He's going back to where he, wherever he came from, Jeff Saturday. This one's clearly on you. And for the Vikings, this can resonate, man. This can resonate because now on any given Sunday through, through the rest of the season – Oh, well, you know, guys, you know, what's the score? Oh, we're down by 14. Oh, we're down by 21. They will never give up because of what just happened in this football game. So that will give them that confidence. And more importantly, it will give Kirk Cousins confidence. If you ask me right now, a dark horse, I hate Minnesota because they fooled me so many times. I expect them to fool me again. Like they were were fooling us in this game, losing. 30 some odd at at halftime, right? So I think the Vikings right now, this victory could very well propel them to the Super Bowl. Uh, I I get what you're saying, Dominic. Momentum is huge. For me, I'm kind of left with a sour taste. So both these teams won the Colts for the blowing the lead. uh, And the the biggest lead in NFL history, 33 points at half. Minnesota Vikings make history. Biggest comeback ever. Minnesota, if they're a Super Bowl contender, they should be blowing teams like this out, Dominic. So yes, well, it's an amazing comeback. Incredible. I credit them. 
I'm, I think this, I don't know if this game makes me more of a believer in them or less of a believer in them. And even though they came back, I think it makes me less of a believer in them, as weird as it sounds, because they should never have been in that position. Uh, another crazy comeback was the Jaguars down by 17, winning the game in overtime against the Dallas Cowboys off a of pick six. And like I said, folks, if the Jacksonville Jaguars win out their next three games against the Jets, Texans, and Titans, they will win the AFC South and be hosting a playoff game. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's just the type of season it's been. Head scratcher for Dallas. Uh, the NFC, Dominic, is crazy. Like it's, I think it's just the Eagles at number one. And then you have a lot of pretenders after that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, like, you, the Eagles are kind of like the, the heads-on favorite to win um, the conference this year. Tough loss by the Cowboys, but a huge win by the Jags to keep their playoff hopes alive. So before we preview some Week 16 games, Dominic, you wanted to jump into the Commanders-Giants controversial non-pass interference call near the end of that game. Yeah, this is just atrocious. The NFL's got to get it right, and there's got to be a way. I don't know if they have to revamp another type of rule, another different type of flag, but... Maybe just on pass interference, because obviously you can get flagged for holding. You're not going to review a holding. You're not going to review all those penalties. But, you know, end of the game, maybe under two minutes, there's got to be some way to get these calls right. Because now the Washington Commanders are behind the eight ball. Clearly, pass interference. The guy's got his arm draped on, I believe the ball was going to McLaurin, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or no, sorry, the ball was going to Curtis Samuel. So Curtis Samuel is just about to catch the ball, but he can't even jump because the Giants DB is holding the guy's arm. So obvious, yet no flag. Don't get me wrong. They're down by eight. They still got to get the two-point conversion. You know, it's not one play that, you know, all the cliches, I'll throw them all out there. You know, it's not one play that judges a football game, yada, yada, yada. But it's so important to get it right late in football games. So what do you think, William, really quick? Should the NFL do something with two minutes left in the football game in order to challenge maybe a, a penalty like a pass interference? I'm going to keep this very simple. I think your analysis is great. I think you're spot on. They tried a year where you could review pass interference. I think that hurt the league simply because in slow motion, everything looks like PI. In that situation, it was pass interference. They missed it. My solution the NFRF's got to be better. <laughs> it, it's really that simple. I, I, I love sports. I watch, um, you know, all the all the major sports. I've always said, Dominic, I love the NFL. I love football. But the NFL consistently has the worst refs in all of the major sports. And it's easy for me to say, and I look, I get these calls are close. It's 50-50. But the level of consistency in these refs is very poor. They just need to be better. It's literally that simple. Yeah, I think you're right, William. It probably is just that simple. Unfortunately for us fans, we watch the game and we're like, what are you doing not calling this penalty? It's just blatant. It's it drives you nuts. nuts. It drives blatant. you absolutely nuts. Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah. I know that you're what you're talking about, the, when, the year where they were able to and all that, but that could be tweaked up, man. Now they have a, a, a way to actually, you know, review so much quicker. Sometimes the, the call on the field is done in, within two seconds. Why yeah. can't they, why can't they can review a pass interference in two seconds? Seemed mm -hmm. like it was pretty darn easy for a lot of plays that I've seen this year, where those penalties get judged in a matter of seconds. With the uh, New York calling down to the refs saying, "Nope, you you can call this the way it is." So yeah. they got to do that quickly. And if you're trying to get the the sport to its level of perfection, which we're at in 2020, 
you know, two and moving on to 2023, this is something they got to get right. And I expect in the off season, something will happen. Honestly, Dominic, with the amount of complaints we've seen from fans, players, coaches, I would not be surprised. Uh, unfortunate there, you know, you never, never want a ref to decide uh, such a crucial and important game. Uh, unfortunately, NFRFs, got to pick it up, boy. Stop slacking. All right, Thursday night football, Dominic. Big game between the Jags and the Jets. I know it doesn't seem like a, a great game, uh, Jaguars and, J- and Jets. But like I said, Jags went out, they're in. The Jets are right now 7-7, seven and seven, battling for their playoff lives. Right now, it is a, there's not even a point spread Dominic it's dead even it's kind of a pick game and I think that that is a good call because it's going to be a tight game in my opinion but I think it will be Jacksonville coming away victorious against the New York Jets in this one Trevor Lawrence has been balling uh with uh, Lamar Jackson going down in my fantasy league I picked up Lawrence it has proved very fruitful I think they continue in this one and I also do think it'll be a close game Zach Wilson playing in this one not white I'm gonna go final score 25-20 Jags on the road yeah I'm gonna go with the quarterback play being the difference maker I do love the Jets defense and I know that Jacksonville you never know what to expect I'm going with Trevor Lawrence with you on this one William Trevor Lawrence wins it for the Jags Give me the Jags 28 to 10. All right. Next up, New Orleans Saints, Cleveland Browns. This is on Christmas Eve, the 24th. Cleveland favored by three in this one. Oh boy. Okay. I'm gonna go with the I'm going with the Saints in the upset. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Saints in the upset in this one in the dog pound. Um yeah, I, ha- I see this being a tough game for Deshaun Watson. Not sure why, just kind of telling me that. So I'm gonna go uh, with the Saints winning in a low-scoring game. Give me uh New Orleans 20 to 14. I like that upset. I I do, but I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think that last week's game was big and Cleveland beat Baltimore, which was a shocker. However, that game also had awful football, a bunch of injuries, but you know, as long as you get the W, that's all that counts. Cleveland gets another one here. Give me Cleveland 17, 14. All right, next up, big game, Cincinnati Bengals at the New England Patriots. Since he favored by three and a half, Dom. Yeah, I just, don't know how New England could stick with Cincinnati. Now Cincinnati just beat Tampa Bay. And if you're Joe Burrow, when you just beat Tom Brady, you're feeling it. Give me Cincinnati in a blowout, 35 nothing. Wow, I'm going to go with a blowout as well, but not that big of a blowout, Tom. Give me the Bengals 33-14. to I think you said it best. I think these are two teams heading in the opposite direction, and I think we'll see that in this one. So give me Cincy. Next up, Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers. Detroit favored by 2.5. Give me Detroit to win and to cover in this one. Uh, I could see this game going to overtime, so I'll call an overtime thriller in this one. Uh, final score being 28-22 for the Lions um, on a... 22-yard passing touchdown from Jared Goff to St. Brown, and uh, the Lions continue their win streak. This is a crazy spread, two and a half. The house will be bet on Detroit. People are on that bandwagon. I'm going to take the Lions to win, but in a weird, weird way, the game is supposed to go to overtime. Someone misses their extra point. Boom. (laughs) Detroit takes it 21-20. to Wow, close game. Next up, Atlanta Falcons at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens favored by seven and a half. Not sure what Lamar Jackson's status is. Looks like he will not be playing in this game. Like I said, Baltimore, I think they're in trouble, but I do think they find a way to win this game no matter who's that quarterback for them. 
because excuse me, the quarterback play of Atlanta has not been much better either. Uh, give me another low-scoring game, bit of a sloppy game. I'm going to go 14-13 Ravens uh, in the Battle of the Birds. Yeah, Atlanta, they fell from grace from the, the top all the way to the cellar. I mean, Desmond Ritter, 13 for 26 last week, 97 yards. This guy is a rookie, and he's a rookie for a reason. I don't see him beating anybody for the rest of the season for that matter. So I am going to go, and uh, yeah, I'm going to call Baltimore here for sure. I have to have this game, but I don't like that spread. Seven and a half seems too much. They probably win it by a field goal. Give me Baltimore in an ugly football game, 15 to 12. All right, similar scores. Next up, New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings favored by three. The greatest comeback in NFL history by the Vikings this past weekend. Do they keep that momentum with them? I say they do. I say they put up 30 points. The Giants put up 22. I gotta, I'm going to take the over in this one. Um, obviously, both teams, a lot to play for. Minnesota playing for a higher seed. Looks like their, their playoff chances are very high. Giants battling for their playoff lives. But I think it will be Minnesota in this one, taking it at home over New New York. Yeah, you got to go with Minnesota. Jefferson is going to go kaboom. Uh, he might actually even win MVP. This guy's a frigging star. And between him and Diggs, I don't know why wide receivers don't get enough credit because, quite frankly, they should. And the quarterback play in the NFL is god awful. So I'd love to see a wide receiver win the MVP. Why not Jefferson? Give me three touchdowns by Jefferson in this football game. Wow. Destroy, I mean, destroy the Giants. 45 to 13. Wow. I would like that, Dominic. Nothing more exciting than a wide receiver winning the MVP. All right. Next up, Seattle Seahawks at the Chiefs. Chiefs here by nine and a half. I don't get these odd makers. You know, last week they only make Kansas City favored by 14 when it should have been 20, you know, 25 points against Houston. Somehow Houston clearly stayed in that football game. Yeah. And, and then this game, nine and a half. I, I think there's a lack of respect on Pete Carroll. I'm going with the Pete Carroll show. I've been going in with him a lot this season. I think that it's a do or die game. And this yeah. is going to come down to coaching. Give me Seattle in a crazy football wow. game in overtime upset of the week, 35 to 32. Good stuff. I like it, Dom. Uh, I was thinking about doing it, but I'm not going to go as bold as you. I think Seattle will keep this game close, and I think they will cover the spread. However, I think it's KC coming out on top. They want to grab that number one seed uh, that right now is uh, is being held onto by the Bills. So give me KC 31-23 to over Seattle. Next up, we got those Bills favored by nine against the Chicago Bears. Give me Buffalo in this one. Uh, I think they win. I also think they cover in this one. Uh, similar situation two teams heading in the opposite direction uh, i'm curious to see the bills defense in this one um against uh, against that bears offense i'm gonna go buffalo 31 chicago 18 final score oh this might be the biggest blowout of the year and i'm gonna call it i think that allen is playing in another dimension right now uh running the ball throwing the ball and stefan diggs and him just have it and they probably will be in the Super Bowl. I don't like to say that, but it seems like it's coming to fruition, folks. So give me Buffalo 55 to three in a massive <laughs> blowout against the Bears. Wow. All righty. That would be something else. Next up, 
Big game, well, big game. A divisional game, I should say. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. Titans favored by seven. Looks like Tanhill will play in this game, kind of 50-50 up in the air. He returned after an injury this past weekend against the Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go Tennessee winning this one, but I, I really do think this will be a close game. I'm going to go 26-25 in this one. Houston keeping it close, but ultimately Tennessee needs this game more, and that's why they will just squeak out the victory over Houston. Yeah, this is going to be a push. In other words, Tennessee is going to win by seven. I just can't see uh, Tennessee keeping on losing these football games in, in, in tight fashions. They just, they're not scoring enough points. It's that simple. You just got to score a, lo- a lot more points. And when you've become such a predictable football team with Derrick Henry, then people could stack the box. So I agree with you. It will be a close game. Give me Tennessee 27 to 20. All right, close game. Good stuff. Got to go tad bit quicker here let's go rapid fire we got washington commanders at the 49ers 49ers covered by seven seven is a big point spread i'm gonna go san fran win but does not cover any big damage to the washington commanders and their playoff push give me san fran 23 17 nick bosa gets two touchdowns in this game the defense destroys that washington <laughs> offensive line give me san francisco 32 to 17 Wow. All right. Another oh, got divisional matchup here. Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas favored by six. Jalen Hurts not likely to play in this game. Dallas blowing a massive lead against the Jags. I think that they use that uh, bittersweet to come out in this game, come out victorious and put up 34 points. Philadelphia scores 20. Cowboys win this one by 14. Luckily for the Eagles, they have Garner Minshew, who I think is a better quarterback than Hurts. Dare I say that? I just did. But uh, give me the Eagles in this football game in overtime. They take it 36 to 30. Wow, I like it. Keep the upsets rolling. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers favored by two and a half Saturday night. I'm going to go with the Raiders in the upset of this one, Dominic. I like the way they played this past weekend. And, you know, with that crazy finish to the game, they are going to ride that momentum. 24-14 Raiders final score. Yeah, this is an old rivalry. Old, old, old rivalry. If it was in Vegas, I would take Vegas. But it's in Pittsburgh. Give me my man Watt to destroy the Vegas Raiders in a close one, 27 to 24. All right, next up, Christmas Day. We got the Green Bay Packers at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins favored by six. Big game for both teams. Give me my Dolphins to bounce back after three straight losses. I think it'll be a, a close game here. That's the trend. I'm going to go final score 26-23 Miami on Christmas Day. Yeah, this could be the game of the week, William. I think fireworks will happen, especially in Miami. On both sides, though, Miami takes this football game in overtime, 38-35. to Wow, I like it. Go Fins. Next up, Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Rams. Broncos favored by one. Give me the Rams in this one. Give me Baker Mayfield, a game that means really nothing to both teams. Final score, 23-20 Rams. Well, the Broncos. I got to go with the Broncos here, even though... They seem to be the most hungrier team out of the two. I really couldn't care less about this football game. (laughs) Giving the Broncos in a tight one, 17-16. Alrighty, next up we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Arizona Cardinals. Tampa Bay favored by five and a half. I'm going to go sloppy-ish game, 24-13. Final score in favored by the Bucs. If McCoy beats Brady, he should literally retire and Tampa Bay (laughs) should just pack their bags and get lost. I don't think so. Vita Vea should play in this football game. He's a difference maker. Give me Tampa Bay in a close one, 20 to 13. 
All right, last but not least, we got the Chargers playing at Indianapolis to end our slate of games. I'm going to go 28-25 Chargers. They're favored by four, but I got them winning by three and keeping their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, give me something bizarre happening Monday night. It seems like a team like Indianapolis can go down like that. Give me an upset. I'll take Indianapolis here in overtime, 23-20. to Wow, great stuff, Dominic. I love the takes. All right, folks, Merry Christmas. Just a quick update. Dominic and I will be taking a little bit of a break. We should be back in two weeks, uh, if not three weeks at the latest. So wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the games. Stay safe and enjoy your, enjoy your time off. You are listening to CJLO 6090 AM in Montreal.